Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland. On 2026, 33% of all board directors and 40% of all non-executive directors must be women. It raises the bar for many companies who may be in male-dominated industries traditionally. Polling from the Institute of Directors here in Ireland has found that their members prefer targets rather than fixed quotas. Joining me now is Caroline Spillan, the Managing Director of the Institute of Directors here in Ireland. Good morning, Caroline. Morning, Joe. And thank you for coming in. So it looks as if your members don't really fancy the legislation, which is definitely on its way in the next few years. Well, there's a definitely a shift that's required, probably in terms of thinking, but also in terms of planning. So we we asked members about uh, this this issue of t- targets versus quotas before there was a signal that this legislation was coming and obviously it has to be transposed into Irish law. So perhaps if we had asked them afterwards, they may have had a slightly different view. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the the real lesson here is that um, we need to help boards, um, board chairs and board members really to get into the space of planning and planning for this change, which is going to come and which is going to be positive, not only for diverse groups, but also it's going to be positive for the board itself, for their organisations and research would tell us it's going to be positive for uh, the performance of their of their organisations in general. So in three and a half years time, they're going to, for some industries and some companies, that's going to be a radical change. It may not be as radical for larger companies, PLCs that have been on this road for a while, but for some of the privately owned companies, that could that could be different. It will change the makeup and it will make people think in it in a slightly different way. But anecdotally, you know, there's definitely a, a view a, 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 by board members and by board chairs that diversity is a good thing. So this is not going to be a surprise to them. Really, it is about getting themselves in the frame to be able to meet that uh, objective and to be able to, of course, uh, report and reflect to their shareholders or their stakeholders that they're doing all the things necessary to ensure that their boards are diverse and that the boards reflect the diversity of the organisation. Um is the talent out there to meet this uh, to meet this level of because you, know, you need fairly qualified people to be directors and non-executive directors is the talent out there yeah, the talent is out there even if you think over the last decade couple of decades the number of in just thinking about uh, female uh, females here and, and gender diversity in particular you know the the number of people who have qualified from university are in the workforce, have risen up through the ranks, uh, are in C-suite positions, are already board members. There's definitely a talent pool out there. It just needs to be encouraged. And what is the ratio of women to men coming out of universities, do you know? Well, I, I don't know it for Ireland, but I know that where this legislation is coming from, which is uh, Europe-wide, over 60% of university graduates across the European Union. So upstream things look good in that respect to be able to meet these quotas. They certainly do. And even domestically, you know, you have organisations like Balance for Better Business, which are indicating very positive things about a a move uh, towards better diversity on board. So all of the indicators are positive. What this is saying is that, you know, there is an objective to be reached 
in a couple of years. There's time now to plan. It's not a surprise to anybody. It's just about getting yourself in the frame to be able to plan. And it's a very good signal, I think, to board chairs, boards and remuneration committees, nomination committees that they need to get ready. Now, you've got your finger on the pulse dealing with quite a few companies um, in Ireland. What are they telling you? Well, we've asked them a whole range of different issues. Uh, this diversity issue was just one of them. But we also asked them about, you know, how they're feeling about the economic performance of their organisations. We asked them about the performance of the government. And so if we if looking at it pessimistically in comparison to this time last year, there's definitely been a decrease in sentiment. But if we want to be positive about it, there is a marginal increase in positive sentiment for uh, companies about their performance at year end um, and also about the government's performance and its impact on consumer confidence and on business performance. Did you poll them before or during the budget? Just immediately after the budget. So to be fair, the finance bill uh, still hadn't been um, enacted at that stage. It has now. And so your members were, were digesting the budget at that point. They couldn't really form a view. No, they they couldn't form a view, but it was marginally more positive than the last time we asked them, which was in quarter two. Now, what are the big issues that you're the companies that you're in touch with? What are they worried about? What are the big issues for them? Well, overwhelmingly, geopolitical issues, mm. inflation, and the talent pipeline. They're probably the three biggest things, and by far and away the three biggest things that. Uh, so, number four, five, leaders, and six are way down the list. Absolutely, these are the three. Uh, clustered together, when we look at the results of the research, they are by far and away the things that are pressing on people's minds. It's interesting because you you say the talent pool is right up there. And yet some people might say, well, uh, if we're heading for a recession, you know, finding people won't be as difficult, will it? Well, I suppose inflation uh, is a a factor. And then, of course, we also ask people about hybrid working. Mm-hmm. And we had asked them how that was working for them. And, you know, most people say it's working positively, but there is one caveat in it, which is how is it going to work for your diverse groups? So we have to keep an eye on this. We have to monitor it because hybrid working models aren't you know, bedded down in organisations. And one of the things that we're watching out for is, are there groups within the workforce that are advantaged or disadvantaged by hybrid working model? So if you're you're an older, uh, I don't know, older person, let's say 35 upwards with a family, then hybrid working probably suits you really well. Whereas if you're straight out of university, you can't learn as easily if you're in a flat somewhere. Exactly. And that's why I think that organisations need to try really hard to see what is the model that fits them, because those two groups that you talked about there have very different needs. The younger people, they need to learn what's happening. They need to absorb the culture. They need to understand the the business and get to know their colleagues. Um, other people have a lot of pressures, um, particularly in you know people who have caring responsibilities. Mm. And that's probably one of the things that uh, business leaders need to watch out for, that they don't inadvertently disadvantage people who can't physically be in the office. And so the, the way that team meetings are conducted, the way that projects are planned, even the way that appraisals are rolled out, all of these things need to be taking account of the fact that you might not always have that person in the office in front of you all of the time. But they may be your talent for the future and need to be nurtured in a different way. Thank you, Caroline. That's Caroline Spillan, the boss of IOD Ireland, the Institute of Directors in Ireland. 
Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on Newstalk.